0: What's been a blessing of COVID is it's really enabled B2B customers to start to think and act and market similar to how B2C customers do it. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sunny Side Up podcast. I'm your host, Michael Malone. And today I'm very excited to speak with Brian Wagner. The topic is how marketing can be more responsive and aligned to customer needs and interests. Brian has over 20 years of operating and consulting experience with organizations ranging from startups to private equity to Fortune 500 companies across a number of different industries, high tech, SaaS companies, medtech, med devices, diagnostics, life sciences tools. And uh, historically, he has helped small companies grow to become big. And he does this by focusing on solving complex business problems and helping these organizations to transform to be able to meet the changing customer needs. And obviously, over the last couple of years with the pandemic and COVID, we've seen some exponential changes in that arena. That's my introduction to Brian. Brian, I'm I'm happy to kind of give you a couple minutes uh, to introduce yourself, and then we can start with the Q&A.
0: Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that and the uh, kind comments as well. Uh, as you mentioned, you know I've got like 20 plus years of healthcare, life sciences experience uh, from small to large companies. My first foray into healthcare was actually the founding division of Boston Scientific back in the day called Meditech. Yep. And so pre-IPO, helping to grow from, you know, sub-hundred million to billions of dollars. And subsequent to that, I've been blessed to work for a variety of different uh, companies as chief marketing officer of Philips Imaging Systems, chief digital marketing operations officer for GE Healthcare. I've also been the worldwide VP of digital marketing and strategic brand management for Beck and Dickinson. Those are some of the big companies that people might uh, immediately recognize. But I've also uh, been able to help smaller companies grow, having set up venture funds, invested in strategic acquisitions, sat on boards for many smaller entrepreneurial companies. And through all of that experience, what I really honed is you know, my passion is around saving and improving lives, but it's also around creating dollars that otherwise don't exist. And from there is where we can help small companies grow to become
1: large. And in the process, I really enjoy helping save and improve lives. That is an awesome intro. Uh, don't often get guests on here that in, are in the marketing space that are talking about saving lives. So that's uh, uh, that's a that's a great story and a great background. So with, with that, we're going to kind of jump in to a couple of questions that will kind of open it up to you to, to share your thoughts with folks. You know, one of them is, you know, obviously in today's, environment. We're all consumers of uh, different types of products and services. And you look at the new advent of products and vendors like Uber and Airbnb and DoorDash and Netflix. It's created this sort of asynchronous digital interaction where we are expectant of being recommended uh, content or finding what we need very quickly, and sort of the, the new workforce or the new consumer, even on the B two B side, has that expectation. And so the question, I guess, is, you know, from a B two B marketing perspective, what do folks in that space need to do to create, you know, these different types of experiences and engagements that cater to this kind of new millennial workforce and their preferences?
0: No, it's an excellent question. And and quite truthfully, in many B2B companies, uh, they've really had a challenge in going from the old way of marketing. I call it the push marketing. If you build it, they will come, tech spec, feature benefit, to pull marketing, which is creating content that is solving customer needs, customer challenges. So in the space of healthcare, as an example, You know, first and foremost, you always want to start with the customer. What are their unmet clinical challenges? What are their unmet customer needs? And how can we best aid and assist them in completing jobs, getting things done? And I think COVID, uh, in some respects, was a blessing, uh, specifically for B2B healthcare companies, because overnight they were thrust into a situation where they did not have access to acute care centers, a fancy word for hospitals. And therefore, how are they going to continue to fill the funnel, grow their revenue, if in fact they didn't have any way through a sales organization to directly call on those customers? And so overnight, they really needed to scramble and stand up based upon unmet customer needs, clinical challenges, ways to continue to drive revenue, but also solve the customer's problems. Real world examples might be something as simplistic as. Product shortages. You know, customers were scrambling to get personal protection equipment. Uh, Many people were sold out and therefore they had to go with substitutions. And in some instances, those substitutions may be completely different from what they were using in the past and therefore they required training. And how do you do that virtually? So therefore, the advent of digital and the needs for digital, both in terms of pre-purchase, purchase, purchase, and even post-purchase has become critical. And so I think what's been a blessing of COVID is it's really enabled B2B customers to start to think and act and market similar to how B2C customers do it. And therefore, they've been more successful in actually creating awareness, driving funnel fill, and ultimately helping their customers complete jobs, solve problems, and actually be more efficient and more productive in the process, not only for the customer and their experience, but also for the manufacturer or the seller of said products, because they're also able to reduce their cost to serve by using some of the uh, new digital capabilities and the marketing technologies that really have come into vogue from an end-to-end you know, digital ecosystem platform perspective.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think it's, you know, we've gone from, you talked about, you know, push marketing, which was effectively, this is what we do. And you try to send that message to as many companies, you know, customers' accounts as possible, to the pull marketing is understanding that the customer is saying, this is what we need, right? And figuring out how do you align your message and your content based on listening to the customers and what they're telling you that they need, right? No, um,
0: absolutely. And also the the customer buyer's journey has completely changed. You know, historically it was a, a linear process. You know, first you reach the customer, you ask open-ended questions, you create the need, then you bring forward your your solutions for said need, then you do a couple of things like a demo and eventually, you know, get a purchase order and then you ship that product and you know, the cycle starts again. Whereas in today's world, many customers, they could enter at any stage and often do. Many times customers come in and they're ready to buy today. Are we ready to sell them? Do we have the capabilities around e-commerce if that's the case? Or they're just in an investigation mode. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to solve a problem. I don't have enough information. So I'm trying to seek that. And being able to create these ecosystems digitally to meet the customer where they are, when they are, and to offer them up what their needs are to enable them to complete jobs and to really accelerate the buyer's journey. And in the essence of doing that, create a much better customer experience in the end. And there's this big, big focus that needs to happen too on post-purchase, which I think many B2B companies actually overlook. I know in my capital equipment experience, you know, over 70% of our customers after we got that purchase order, we would forget about it. We would move on. And we would not engage them for anywhere from 8 to 12 years until they were ready to revamp their their, their capital purchase needs.
1: Because marketing was fast. done, right? They, they, marketing had, quote, done their job, right? We, yes. we brought the sales, the transaction occurred. Okay, marketing is now going back to looking for new customers, right?
0: Correct. Which is a huge miss because when you pick the ball back up 8 or 12 years later, it's much, much harder. But if you had continued to delight that customer in their post-purchase experience, it was much, much easier and there was much more stickiness involved in order to capture that new sale. You know, thinking customer, ways to do that in the new environment. Many, many customers, they need training. Okay. But the way they used to do it was very complicated. You know, I got to call my rep, figure out who my clinical specialist is. I call them, then I got to arrange meetings and schedules and I do it with my staff. Whereas in the new world, having the digital capability to where you could have a single sign-on portal that's personalized to where you could know who your clinical specialists are, you could know the dates of availability, and you could coordinate and conduct all of that as a transaction online and actually do the training online virtually versus having to be in person. That's just one small example of where technology and the advent of digital and thinking customer is really pushing the envelope to enable customers to complete jobs, get things done, have a much better customer experience. But in the end, you actually reduce the cost to serve because you're not needing as many customer service people to field phone calls. You're not losing Salesforce productivity because they're trying to coordinate a follow-up training. There's so much involved that many people just don't have the time to think through. But if you, again, you start with customer, voice of customer, what their unmet clinical challenges and customer needs are, there's a lot that can occur and will occur through digital marketing and the capabilities to delight that customer in a post-purchase world.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great point. So I mean, but think about that from a marketing perspective. Is it is it the challenges to doing that? Is that a matter of is it is it a strategic? We we're not focused on post customer engagement. Is it we don't have enough data or intelligence to understand? how to engage and support the customers? Is it technology or is it a combination of all, the, all those? It's actually a combination
0: of all of those and, and, and other things. You know, many, many B2B manufacturers don't have an end-to-end digital ecosystem platform. So even if they had the insights, even if they had the data and they really understood the voice of the customer and where we needed to uh, reduce their pain points, if you don't have that marketing technology stack stood up, it's very, very hard to address those problems. So first and foremost, I think one needs to ensure that they do in fact have a robust marketing technology stack end to end. Then secondly, deriving all the data that you can pull from that tech stack and having those insights to determine, okay, what are their unmet needs? What are their clinical challenges? What are their pain points on their customers buying or customers deciding journey, as I like to call it? And therefore, what can we do that better assists and aid them in doing that. Because those that get it right are gonna thrive. And those that don't may not be around because what we're seeing is many of the customers in their personal lives, given what they've experienced with B2C transactions, are now demanding that in their business lives. And if companies aren't able to meet them where they are, when they are, how they are, they're probably going to make other choices even if that choice means they're probably not getting the best product, service, and or solution, but it was much easier to do that transaction. And so for they're moving on. And so I think it's critically important for many B2B manufacturers to understand this, because if they don't get it right now, they in fact will be at a competitive disadvantage uh, very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And something that, that just popped in my mind and and just a question, I'll get your, your two cents on it is, you know, there's been a significant shift, especially in healthcare, right. In the sales engagement methodology, right. Where it used to be sales rep could walk the halls and, you know, would be meeting and doing lunches and dinners and golf outings or whatever it was, right. To be in front of, of their HCP or their client they're working with COVID stopped that in its tracks and I have seen that a lot of executives are trying to figure out, okay, what does sales engagement look like moving forward, specifically in the healthcare space when it's becoming much more digital. Just sort of side question, but I'm just wondering if you have some some thoughts about how the sales engagement model is evolving given this new sort of digital engagement dichotomy that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And, and quite honestly, the, the marriage between sales and marketing being much more close. You know, we're always striving for revenue generation, of course, but we also want to strive for Salesforce productivity. And one of the things you highlighted is in the old way of doing things, it relied upon the sales rep to be that rainmaker or that executive to be that rainmaker by going in and walking the halls and asking probing questions, creating needs, And we come to find out that more often than not, they didn't know all of the decision makers or all the influencers in that buyer's journey. And more often than not, they were wasting time or they were delaying the actual sale. And with the new digital way of going to market, what we have is data. We have information that we can supply the sales rep or sales leadership to say, you know, if there's a big sale that's going to occur more often than not, there's going to be a VAC committee involved, anywhere from eight to 12 people that will influence or ultimately make the decision. And historically, they tended to know three to five of those individuals, but they didn't know the remainder. And now, through data and information, we're able to actually provide that to sales, sales leadership, such that when they do call on the customer, They know where they've spent their time on our website, what information they've digested, what's important to them. And they also have an understanding of who these other individuals are that are influencing the buyers deciding. And therefore, that's enhancing their Salesforce productivity because they're not having to hunt and peck only to find out later on that, ooh, these three people derailed us. Now we got to get them back in line and back on board. And so I think the advent of digital uh, is not only improving the customer experience, but it's reducing the cost to serve, and it's also speeding up the productivity of being able to get to a purchase much more quickly because now we have a better understanding of who's involved, what's important to them, and providing them the content and the content marketing that's targeted, segmented, personalized to those individuals to make sure they have what they need when they
1: need it in order to make those buying decisions. Very well said. That was awesome. Thank you, Brian. So now we're going to hopefully that that was um, sort of the the meat of the content. Now we're going to have just a couple of quick uh, fun questions and then anything else you want to add. But uh, we always like to ask our guests uh, as a way of sort of socializing information and ideas. What are some of maybe some books or newsletters or websites that you might recommend would be good follows for some of our listeners or read? Yeah, I'm a real big
0: believer in, you know, growth mindset and continuous learning. You know, if you think about just in 2022, some of the uh, top marketing books that I've uh, had the pleasure of reading, you know, one is Product-Led SEO by Eli Schwartz. Uh, who happens to be an expert in search engine optimization. Uh, Another book is The Ultimate Marketing Engine by John Jantz. He also wrote uh, Duct Tape Marketing. That one happens to be a really good read. There's another one called Moving to Outcomes, Why Partnerships are the Future of Marketing by Robert Glazer. It really talks about partnership marketing, a, a model where brands actually create a program filled with trusting partnerships, and they actually pay partners for pre-agreed outcomes. So there's skin in the game, such as sales, uh, leads, or traffic that they're going to drive. And an oldie but a goodie, you know, the advent of digital marketing and all that that means, a lot of people are trying to get up to speed real quick on what is content marketing, what's omni-channel marketing, what are the tools that are needed, what are the platforms. But something that's critically important that many marketeers should not forget are the basics. And the basics around, you know, what is our value proposition? What is it that we're selling? How are we looking to create that? How are we looking to position the brand? So one book I always go over to, it's a tried and true, is called Habit. And that's by Neil Martin. So I'd say any one of those four would be really, really good reads for your listeners, just to kind of dive in and get some contemporary uh, digital marketing, upskilling, but also uh, remembering the basics of, of what marketing is, what good marketing is, as well.
1: That's awesome. I, I I've read one of the three, one of the four, so I've got three new books on my uh, my list. So thank you for that. And then what about uh, what about people? Are there any anybody in the B two B world that you would uh, either recommend that we uh, bring to this podcast, or that would be you know again also folks that we you would want to follow if you're in this space.
0: Yeah. um, Actually, there's one gentleman. um, I just happen to live in the Boston area. He's based in Boston as well. uh, David Edelman. He's now a professor at Harvard Business School, but he was the former chief marketing officer for Aetna. He is definitely what I consider to be an expert on digital transformation, digital marketing transformation. He's also a former executive at Digitas, And so he's somebody I would really recommend as a potential guest speaker in the future. Just a wealth of knowledge, information, and he kind of transitioned from corporate America into his own consulting practice, but really is enjoying his professorship at Harvard Business School and really bestowing on the future generations what the contemporary thinking is around digital marketing and transformation of marketing and things of that nature.
1: David Edelman at Harvard Business School. Awesome. Brian, that was, uh, that was great. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. And I appreciate you taking the, the time and sharing some of your, your insights and, and wisdom uh, with, with our audience. So thanks for being on the show. No, my pleasure.
0: And best of luck to you, Michael. And uh, I look forward to uh, future discussions. Awesome. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. DemandBase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and
1: DemandBase TV.